Appreciate you giving me the the time to come on and and um, and you know what I didn't even think about the Zoom when I when I put on my shirt this morning so uh, you know had to have on that shirt this morning but uh, you know I just you know growing up a little bit about me you know I grew up in Pennsylvania uh, fourteen brothers and sisters uh, twelve of us are adopted we have blacks whites. Uh, Asians in our family, Vietnamese, uh, they called us the United Nations. Um, so early on in life, I was, I was taught the importance of not looking at color or background. And, and you know, in the Bible, like it says, I, you know, I was taught in an early age not to judge. So that was a good thing. And um, grew up, I, I played basketball at Auburn University. Uh, I had a pretty good four years there. We played in the national championship three years in a row. Um, and then at that time, I, I thought that, that God's path uh, for me was going into coaching. And so I actually uh, coached at the University of Texas and at uh, UMass and at Auburn. Uh, and then a little thing called the WNBA came by. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's crazy. I, I, I was out of school for six years at that point um, and just, you know, played basketball every now and then. But I, but I knew I wanted to play. And so I called the director of operations, uh, our player personnel, and I said, look, you know, this is who I am. Uh, you know, can I, can I try out for the, for the league? And they're like, well, you know, we're only inviting 60 women from around the world, and we already have the 60 women. Uh, and I said, well, you know, I want, I want to play. And she's like, you know, Chantel, I know who you are. I know who you are at Auburn, but we already have the 60 women. And so I said, you know, if – where are you going to look at any of those other girls? Are you going to, to recruit any of them or anything like that? And she said, well, yeah, this week I'll be in, in Washington, D.C. this weekend to see some play. And I said, okay, um, well, by this weekend, I'm going to find myself on one of those teams. Uh, our team is going to win the championship. I'm going to get MVP. And then you're going to invite me to the draft. Uh, and she looked at me like I was crazy. And, and, you know, when I tell the story or when I told the story to my family after that, they thought I was crazy too. But, you know, I kind of, you know, had a conversation with my guy. I call God my guy. Um, and, you know, it was kind of led by him to just, you know, do it. You, you got to go after what you want. And so all week I was, I was calling people, trying to figure out, try to get on the team. And, and Friday evening I found a team, uh, went down there Saturday and Sunday, played. Uh, we won the championship. I got MVP, and after the game, uh, Renee Brown gave me her card and was like, I want you to come to the draft. So, uh, you know, the um, – <clears throat> so, you know, I've had my goods and my bad days. You know, then I was in the league for a few years and, and played overseas in between those years. Uh, and then at 30, I decided I didn't want to play basketball anymore. Um, you know, I knew there was other things I wanted to do. So I started my own company. I went out on a limb and – started my own company called Blank, Blank Minds. Um, and I did it just because my mind is all over the place all the time. And so I figured I would uh, try to fill it in with whatever I wanted to. Uh, and then, you know, after a while, I said, <clears throat> something's missing. You know, something, something's missing in my life. I, I don't know what it is. And so I went back to my guy again. And, uh, you know, he said, I want you to get smarter. And I want you to become a better businesswoman. And so he led me back to to Auburn University, where I was a graduate assistant under Coach Flo um, in 2014. 
and I was getting my MBA. And the November of my first year, right after, a day after our first um, semester, long story short, I found out I had thyroid cancer. And so now it was one of those, those low valleys. Um, I guess life isn't always great for you. So, you know, I battled thyroid cancer during my, my MBA program and uh, finished that. And then God told me, you're not done yet. And, and uh, I got the opportunity to uh, get my PhD. <clears throat> so I got my PhD. Um, and then he wanted to test me again and said, you know what, we're going to see what you can do. Uh, and so two months before I got my PhD, um, my mom went into the hospital and about, it was a month before I actually got my PhD, um, she died of cancer. And so at that time, you know, I questioned, I, I questioned my faith at that time. And, you know, why, why is it, you know, she wanted to, me to get my PhD and, um, <clears throat> and, and so again, went back to my guy and, and, uh, you know, tell me what's going on and, and, you know, everything has, a, everything is happens for a reason. Um, and so, you know, now I've, now I got that. And to be honest, a, a vain part of me wanted to get it. Cause I, I think Dr. Trimeteer sounded sexy, but, uh, um, <laughs> I, uh, it was, it was actually for my mom. The other story sounds like better, but you know, it was for my mom, but, um, and then, so, so now, you know, I'm, I'm, I have my own company and, and, um, there's something big coming up, uh, in September. I can't talk about it yet, but I wish I could, I wish I could, but, uh, it's something huge coming in September. And so I just, you know what, my, my nieces came out to me one time. I was like, auntie, you need to, you need to get on TikTok. And I'm like, what the heck is TikTok? Uh, and so I got on TikTok and, um, you know, I trained some kids. I trained about 50 kids in Auburn, um, personal training. And, and, uh, after every, after every session, you know, I tell them if you can make a half court shot before me, I'll give you your next session free. Uh, and so, you know, I just said, let me shoot a half court shot. And it wasn't a big deal. And, and, you know, some, some young, some young kids came on, you know, they're going to try to try the old lady, but uh, came on and said, oh, you can't make that with a man's ball or whatever. And so other commenters on there were like, well, don't come after auntie like that. Don't come after auntie. So I kind of took on the persona of auntie. And then, you know, if you, if, I think if you, if you take on the persona of auntie, then you can, you can come at little kids a little harder. You know, I can't be ignorant if I'm, you know, Chantel, but I felt like if I was auntie Chantel, I could come at him a little harder. So then it was just about proving them wrong. And, and then people started challenging me. And then, you know, the one, I just wanted to have fun with it. And the one in the store uh, that, that went viral, um, you know, I never thought it would happen like that, but, but it has, it hadn't slowed down since. Um, and it's been crazy, but, but, you know, I think the one thing that I, that I know is it's, it's always, it's bigger than me. Um, it always has been. And I've just kind of, going along with if, if for 60 seconds people can either laugh at me or laugh with me or, or whatever, feel inspired to buy a half court shot or crazy shots or whatever, and not think about, you know, the pandemic that's going on or the social injustices that are happening right now. If they can forget about that and smile for 60 seconds, then I'm, then I'm doing my job. And, you know, I'm just kind of walking in my purpose. I know God wants me to, to help people laugh and, and, and have fun and, and try to inspire people. And, and so that's what I try to do. So Long story long, which it felt long to me. Uh, that's me, and, and yeah, there, there we have it. And now we're here. 
Yeah, Auntie, and I'm gonna tell you, it's so funny. You you know, I, I'm on social media a lot, and I saw it, and then one of my friends sent this, and was like, "Oh my god, yeah. you would love her." Watch, 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 and I was like, "Yes, I just saw it. I just saw it." And and you're right, it it truly did not only empower like young people, but the great thing about it is it transcended ages. Mm-hmm. It took, like you said, even for those 60 seconds, it took people and their minds off of what was going on. And the funny thing about it is, and I'm pretty sure you found this, all races, all ages, all, you know, mm-hmm. sports, everybody loved it because of something. And I've seen them, they've gone viral millions of views, hundreds, thousands of views. That's not one race. That's not one gender. That's all of us. And so that's why I reached out to you because that's the biggest thing about this servant leadership call that we've been talking about and how sports can be an agent for change. And even sometimes we think, you know, and a speaker that came on yesterday, you say, you think you have, to, it has to be big. It has some, it has to be something grandioso. And it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. You, you have to do what God has called you to do and just answer yes. And everything from where you started um, and everything from even now, you have followed the call of what he asked you to do. And that's why all of those things have been added unto you. So I just personally thank you for, you know, what you're doing and your story and all that good stuff. And I'll open it up right now for anybody that has a question. Yeah, I got you. Go ahead. Uh, My question is, um, well, statement is too, you know, I'm a 50 year old white lady, but when I pick up a basketball in the gym, then I'm just another player in the gym. You know, and it kind of, it's interesting how sports and for me, particular basketball, just kind of unites people, you know, and I've taken my teams on mission trips and, you know, you walk into a gym full of people who, you know, inner city kids and you think, how are they going to respond to a middle-aged white lady, mother of three, you know, but once you pick up the basketball, everything changes. It's like, oh, she gets it. You know, she, she knows, she understands me, she knows, you know, so it opens. But my other question is, how did it come to be that your parents adopted so many kids and of so many different nationalities? Well, it's crazy. My, my mom and dad kind of took their work home with them. Uh, they owned an adoption agency. Um, wow. And, um, you know, they, they always loved kids. And, and, you know, like I said, we all got adopted at different ages. Um, one of my brothers was adopted when he was 11. Um, I was adopted on when I was two months old, so I only knew them. I mean, I know my, my I've met my birth parents. Um, I have a relationship with them. Um, but yeah, they just, you know, the amount of love, especially my mom, you know, her and I were really, really close. I was her baby girl. And, and uh, the amount of love that she just had for kids um, was amazing. And, and um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll always say she's the best mom in the world. Obviously, everyone says that about their parents, but... You know, and then what you were saying earlier about, you know, being in the gym and, you know, the good thing about me and, and how I've always been is, is I don't care about what, what people think, good or bad. Um, and I even tell my kids, I tell my players, um, you know, right now I have a 10th grade AU team and, and one of them has about 22 Division One offers. And, you know, I, my advice to her is, you know, don't, lis- don't listen to the bad, don't listen to the good, listen to the right. Um, and so, you know, I, I try to do, do me and, and I, you know, I go along the mantra of the funny thing about life is none of us is going to get out of it alive. So we might as well go ahead and, and, uh, and do what we can and, and be who we are. And, and, 
you know, can't be anybody else because everybody else is already taken. So just be you and, you know, if they want to stick by you or on your team, let them. If they don't, bye. Thank you. That's awesome. Hey, Coach, how you doing? Hey, Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, Good. Great, great message today. And uh, obviously, you know, Chelsea, Chelsea's kind of, uh, we hold her feet to the fire on these calls because, uh, you know, she's got to bring some heavy hitters and home run hitters, and you definitely added to that. Uh, oh. But just really wanted to, one, say thank you for your testimony. I can relate. Um, my mom passed away when I was off playing my last year of football, and um, I was probably about a month away from finishing. And just like you, I was only there because she told me to go play. Like, I was ready to hang it up, give it up. I'm, I'm not going to chase this dream anymore. And she told me, you know, go, go out and chase that dream. And, and uh, she passed while I was there. And then that's, you know, that was the hardest part for me because I, I wasn't there with her when she passed. And I felt that, you know, and like you say, you start to question um, everything, you start to question your faith. So just, you know, what, what kind of kept you centered and grounded and brought you back to the fold? Because again, we've all, if we're honest, we've all had that moment where, you know, everything we've learned, everything we've taught, we've been taught kind of goes out the window when life hits us. Um, right. especially losing a parent, you know, mom, which we all know how close we are to mom and losing mom, it really makes everything kind of come crumbling down. So just talk briefly about how you kind of kept things in the road and, and was able to keep your faith and, and continue that relationship with Christ. You know, I, <clears throat> it was, you know, the last month, um, you know, I left Auburn and I was, I was writing my dissertation, so I didn't have to go to class or anything like that, but, but I left and spent every day with her in the hospital and, and was there with her the night she died. And, and you know, she said on, on that Thursday, she said, Coach, she said, you know, I just want to make it to Sunday. I just want to make it to Easter. And, and she died at 5.30 the day after Easter. So she made it to Easter. Um, and it was weird because that, that morning, she died at 5.30, but at 4.30, I gave her her medicine and something in me, I didn't, I couldn't understand it um, then. And something in me just said, you know, I whispered to her. I mean, she wasn't coherent or anything. And I whispered to her and I said, mom, it's okay. You can go. Um, and then she died about an hour later. But, you know, at that point, it was me not, I think, I, well, I know what, what had me questioning my faith was that I didn't have the answers. Um, and, you know, like in coaching, you always want to have the answers, right? You want to have the answer to, to you know, what this defense is doing or what this offense is doing or, or how they're going to approach the press or whatever. You always want to have the answers. Um, Cause if you don't, sometimes you lose the game. And so what got me is, is God, I, I didn't have the answer to why, why you took her, you know, why. And it was selfish at first. Cause I was saying, why would you take her before she got to see me become a doctor? Um, and, but then I understood, you know, what got me through it and kind of what pulled me back into it is, you know, him saying, you know, it's okay not to have all the answers because I got them. And, it, and if you trust the fact that I got them, then, then you'll be okay. And, and that's what I did. And, and, and I started just shifting my focus into he understands why. He knows why it happened. Um, it happened for a reason. Um, and although you may not understand that reason, um, that doesn't mean that, that, uh, that his work uh, is any less prevalent or, or shouldn't be any, any less present in your life. So that's kind of what, what did it for me. <clears throat> I 
I think that's huge. And I'll say this before, you know, anybody else wants to maybe jump in, but you know, it's, it's funny that you say that. And one of the things I've learned over time, um, and talking about moms, my mom's on here. And if y'all look, you probably can pick her out easily. Uh, but more than anything, the biggest thing that I've learned about, you know, trusting in God and especially not knowing your parents, but understanding their walk with, you know, owning an adoption agency and, you know, adopting you all and raising you all and loving on you all is that when they are so connected with Christ, they know when their time is coming. And it's so funny that you say that because both of my grandparents did the same thing. I remember my grandmother before she passed, she said she wanted to go to one more family reunion and she wanted to see my brother at the time get married. And I even remember her when she got to the church of my brother's um, wedding, she walked in and she said, I made it, you know, and then after all of that developed, she went on. And then, you know, my aunt with this year, she came to my wedding and she texted us and my mom, I think she's on the phone, but she could attest to this. She texted us in a group and she said, um, I said, Hey, auntie, you know, thinking of you, all that good stuff. And she texted, she said, keep praying, baby, almost home. And then say she passed and we're thinking you're about to come home from the hospital her eyes were set on something greater. And, you know, I think it's such a beautiful thing when people are so connected to, you know, Christ. And as you say, my God, that they can know that, that they can understand that they want to see something happen and they know what God says to them and they can peacefully go. And I think the other thing that too is it also pushed you, you know, you and Willie both is something about knowing that they wanted it for you. And even in the living, our parents push us but you know, that's the dream they have for you. And, and that I'm, I'm sure that helped you push to the finish line. So thank you so much for sharing that. I think one of the good things is that, that, um, and how I try to live now is, you know, my mom is, has always, uh, had strong faith. Um, and yes, we went to church every Sunday, but she didn't push it on us. Um, instead, you know, we are, my strength actually strengthened because of of trying to be like her um you know she showed it with her actions and and she showed her faith through her her character um and so that's what I try to do uh, you know I there's no secret that I'm strong in my in my faith uh but I, I just try to walk that walk um and you know there's going to be times where 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 I question things and and people and and situations but you know it's always uh you know just like you can always go back home to mama right you can always you know I can always go back and, and talk to my guy and and he kind of keeps me centered and so so I'm 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 happy about that <clears throat> you have anybody else y'all know I got plenty of questions I'm trying to you know and if you're new on here we're family here so just jump on in Coach Chelsea, can I jump in? You better believe it. Hey, hey, thank you. This is incredible. I'm a newcomer, and um, I've been telling all my preaching colleagues, I'm like, man, you got to jump on this. I said, this is this is some great stuff, and um, I've been blessed. My question is, um, I'm a firm believer that all great leaders are, for the most part, readers. And so uh, I was wondering uh, what Doc might be reading outside of Scripture, outside of the Bible, anything um, – on her bookshelf that might uh, help the rest of us along the way? You know, one of my favorite books uh, is The Road Less Traveled um, by Scott Peck. Uh, I, I always go back to that book. Um, you know, I, I read books. 
you know, I have a lot of books on leadership and, and, you know, I, I try to watch people, um, as much as I read, uh, but, but the road less traveled and that's, you know, my mom used to say, instead of, um, don't follow where the path may lead instead, make your own path and leave it and leave, leave a trail. Uh, and, you know, so, you know, I, I love to read after I got my, my doctorate, I, I maybe put some books down for about a year because <laughs> about to kill me writing that 160 page dissertation. So I was tired of reading. Um, but yeah, when I, my, my go-to book, you know, obviously besides the Bible is, is the road less traveled by, by Scott Peck. Cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Coaches talk all the time. I don't know why y'all don't have any questions. You know, it's funny. They do this all the time, right? And then at about, I, yeah, I tell them we do this all the time. Then at about 147, I think they feel comfort. And I'm like, guys, we're about to log off now. That's what I tell them. It's all family. And I, you know, I could talk all day. I try to leave it open. But my question to you and one of the things, not so much as a question, I guess it may be both, but I am a sneakerhead. I'm a shoehead, period. I won't just stop at the sneakers, you know. And I, you know, that's one of the other things I picked up when I was paying attention, you know, just to you and following you and all that good stuff. Um, I also think as a teacher and a coach, that's something that connects me with my students and my peers. For some reason, that will send them through the roof on Fridays when educators can wear jeans and they see me come in with some some Nikes or some J's. It's like, you wear J's, you know, so um, question what what started that or what your love for shoes I know my expression big you know big time is just because I think and my, my mom used to always say you know presentation is everything and you know from the crown of your head to the bottom of your feet they have to be right and so it's an expression so what sparked your love like for the shoe game well you know what's crazy is when I came back to Auburn uh you know Auburn's an Under Armour school and so you know when you're a college coach you know you you're you get gear for days. And so I, I'm going to love everything that's free 99. Uh, and so, um, you know, so I, my, my Under Armour shoe game was, was crazy, but I always loved Nike. Um, and, and so I just, you know, I was like, I, I was coaching a, a high school team and, and, and I wear sneakers to, to coach on the sideline. You know, I wear it in the summer. I'm gonna wear it during the year. I'm not, I'm not finna dress up. I'm not wearing no heels. I'm not, I'm not, cause I get too crazy and I'm running down the sideline. I'm gonna bust my tail running down the sideline trying to run some heels. I'm not finna do it. So, uh, and so I just bought sneakers and, and I told the girls, I said, look, as long as you keep winning, I'm gonna buy a different pair of shoes for every game. But we didn't lose. And we ended up winning the state championship. So I had to buy 26 pairs of shoes in like three months. Uh, and so then I just started and, and, uh, you know, with the, with the, with the videos, it just happens that, that one time my shoe was actually untied before I, um, shot the shot. And so I reached down to do it. And then people were, you know, I guess you were talking about the age gap and I ended with the young kids are getting on there like, ah, to your shoe game five. And you know, when somebody tells you your shoe game five, you got to go buy some more shoes for it. And so, uh, you know, I, I've tried not to do a video in the same pair of shoes. Uh, but when the videos run out, when the shoes run out, the videos gonna run out. Cause I'm not finna buy a pair of shoes, $200 pair of shoes for, you know, 10,000 likes on, on TikTok. Nah, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. Nike better give me a contract. Hey, listen, you better go ahead and speak that too. Cause it's coming. I think until you said, uh, I think you said, 
uh, we talk about verification maybe for what, maybe 30 days, if that, you know, so you never, you'd be surprised, you know. We, we don't see, I mean, they did something, on, they went crazy on Instagram. Yes, uh, they did. And then next thing I know, you know, a week later, I was verified. So they say it takes a little longer on TikTok and uh, Twitter, but, you know, I'm not, at the end of the day, you know, I say cash. So, you know, I say cash right before I shoot my shots. Um, so I'm not really worried about the check. I prefer cash anyway. So <laughs> you know, it is what it is. If I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. I'm still gonna have fun regardless. Absolutely. I have a question, Chelsea. Oh. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I have a question. Two part, Coach Chan. First, I would love to know what your research interests were when you pursued your PhD and what you're doing with that and in that lane. And then secondly, I would love to know how you respond to criticism. You're in education, you're in sport, you're a coach, you're in a lot of different areas and would love to know how you respond to criticism and your advice for young coaches and young professionals on how to respond effectively to criticism. Uh, sure. Um, Um, you know, I, that, uh, that, you know, give me that first question again. I want to make yes. sure I heard it right. Yes. Your research interests. I know that you're, oh, you're in athletic, so right. just that, yep. that's powerful. Um, you know, I actually, my dissertation was on, um, preferred leadership coaching or leadership coaching. Let me say it again. Coaching leadership preferences of, female professional basketball players. Um, and so it was, you know, basically I, I, we got about 98% of all the WNBA players to, to respond. Um, and just what kind of, what kind of leaders do they like? Um, do they like leaders that scream at you? Do they like more democratic uh, style leadership? Um, and so I want to do something that, that was never done before. You know, I've always been the kind of person that, that uh, you know, I don't want to live outside the box. I, did, I want to create my own box. And so, you know, that's kind of how I, I chose my, my topic. Um, you know, I want to do something. Obviously, the, the, just the um, PhD was in leadership. And so, you know, I, I wanted to marry it with sports. Uh, and so it's fun doing that. Um, you know, as far as criticism, like I said, you know, I grew up with 14 brothers and sisters. So I'm getting talked about. I'm getting dogged on. I'm getting every single day. And the youngest girl. Um, so, and that, and then, you know, so I had the hand-me-downs, so I'm talked about then, little stuff like that. Um, you know, it's like this, at the end of the day, there's always going to be somebody's opinion. And, you know, I'm a, I'm the type of person that no one will, no one can ever make you feel inferior without your consent. Uh, and so if, if, if somebody wants to criticize how you're, you know, I, when when you're criticizing or you're chastising someone else's or analyzing somebody else's life, uh, it's in those moments that you may just miss a blessing in your own life. And and so you know one of the biggest things you know that I think people is one of the biggest flaws is is they seem to know how to live everybody else's life except their own. So they got a they got a an opinion about everybody else's life and and are the last ones to to look in the mirror. Um, and so at the end of the day it's about brushing it off, you know, just, just as, you know, athletes, um, if you're an athlete, you have to have a short memory, right? And, and so you make a mistake, you move on from it. And whether that was in education, you know, I, when I was, when I was, you know, a professor at Auburn, you know, I had 135 kids in my class. Um, 
is everybody going to like me? Maybe, but I, I didn't care if they did or not. Um, you know, it was about my job and what I was doing. And if at, at the end of the day, if I reached you, if I reached the students, then I did my job. Whether or not you like me or not, who cares? Uh, and so, yeah, let them, let them have their opinions. They're going to have them anyways. They're going to have them whether they like you or not. So, you know, for the young people, you know, the less you listen to people's opinions, then the more you have to explain your reactions to them. Yo, how you doing? Good, how are you? All right, I'm doing wonderful. Uh, again, I'll say this, it's funny to see people on the screen or whatever out and about and then it's like oh wait a minute I'm talking to the person I just saw shooting a shot at dicks or something you know so <laughs> it's, it's funny and whatnot it's cool um congrats on the success thus far and, and continue to you um sneaker wise it's just funny because like school ball yeah I'm a I'm I coach in a suit or whatever most of the time, or shirt and tie, blades or whatever. But going to the game before we hit the road, I have on a sweatsuit or something, and then they always want to go, hey, what kind of shoes he got on with it? <laughs> then all of a sudden, by the time they come out for warm-ups, it's like I jumped in the phone booth and I got a suit on, and they're like, well, coach, didn't you just have on a – they just stop asking at this point. But it's just it's just cool, different ways to connect. Um. But as always, thanks for sharing. I uh, appreciate you being on. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, keep at it. I appreciate it. You know, that's one of the reasons that I I didn't want to stay in college coaching, especially Division One mm -hmm. coaching, because um, you had to dress up all the time. And, and I wasn't going to. You know, if I feel like the more comfortable I am, uh, the more comfortable Better I am around my players and, and the more comfortable they are. And so I know in, in the summertime I can wear uh, sneakers all the time. And so, and it, like you said, it's, it's another way to connect with the kids and things like that. Um, yeah. You're just not going to see me in some heels on the sideline. Not going to happen. Well, yeah, that's, that's travel ball. So in the summer, <laughs> it's too hot for all of that. So. <laughs> well, we yeah. in the gym now. We inside the gym though. It's, it's, it's better in the gym. You're right, but sometimes you get unlucky, and it's that it's that it's the facility with six courts, but the AC happened to go out two days before you end up doing one of these numbers. Like, yo, yeah. well, coach, coach I, I live in Alabama, so that the AC is I turned off in the state. I do, I then do you too. know it's hot anyway. First, first hand <laughs> experience. Just got back. We were in Indy yesterday, and now here I am back home. Like, sweet home. All right. <laughs> um hey how are you how are you uh earlier you said that you played overseas i played overseas too for seven years so i just want to know what countries you played in right i played in poland and i played in turkey oh, okay okay i traveled there before with my national team i never played there but those are two great countries it's cold though it is i know it's cold <laughs> thank you thank you for all that you're doing um are you going viral? You know, letting these little boys and men know that us women can do it too. Fact. <laughs> Hello. I like when they come at me. And I, and, you know, it's always the little kids that are saying, you know, hey, I'm going to beat you one-on-one -on -one or whatever. And I'm like, we can play. I'm old, but we can still play. And they'll be like, oh, I'll play you. I'll play. And I'm like, okay, let's put 10 grand up. 
and yep. we'll play, and they be like, "Oh no, nah, I ain't putting no money. I don't know. You ain't when, gonna put no money. Up. We can't play." That's when they be quiet. They be like, "Oh, I could beat you one on one." I'm like, "Okay, money up." Oh no, I don't got the money. Okay, then we not playing. <laughs> well, call me when you call me when you get a raise and you can exactly. bring me ten grand. So. Y'all are tickling me over here. Um, Bria, I see Bria had a question. Would you like to ask it or would you just like to have um, Auntie look down? Are you on here, Bria? Okay, she says, Auntie, she says, Dr. Uh, Trimitere, can you briefly talk about your switch from athlete to coach and motivator? Was it an easier transition? Um, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see that part. Yeah, was it an easier transition and just talk about from athlete to coach that transition time? You know what, for me, uh, like I said, being the youngest girl and girl man family of, of 15 kids, um, transitioning to an athlete was easy for me. Um, and in my case, I was a point guard. So um, I wanted the ball in my hands. Um, and I wanted my job to be making everybody else look good. Uh, but I, I also understood at an early age that as a point guard, you have to be the, the, the coach on the, on the floor. Um, and have that kind of relationship and earn the respect of your of your teammates and of your coaches. Uh, and so the transition from athlete to coach uh, was just a matter of stepping off the court. And and now I'm on the sidelines instead of being on the court. So that that was a, a an easy transition for me. I've always found myself to be a positive person, anyways. Uh, I, you know, I don't walk around with rose colored glasses. But I, but I like to be positive and I like to kind of exude some kind of energy. Uh, and so now becoming a motivator and, 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 you know, I don't even, it's like, I don't, I don't even try to do that. Uh, you know, I just, I like to see people do well around me. You know, I'm a, I'm a big cheerleader, whether that's my kids, whether that's my friends, um, anyone who's around me, my village, my tribe, I'm, I want to be their biggest cheerleader. And especially with kids these days, uh, at the end of the day, whether you're an educator in the classroom, whether you're a coach, you know, kids aren't dumb and they know if you care. And I've found that if, if, if you care and they know it, then they're going to go, they'll go, they'll go through a run through a brick wall for you. Um, but you got to be authentic in your walk. And so that's what I've been able to do. And, and hopefully that's been able to motivate people. I have another question, Chelsea, if no one else, because I'm like, I'm like you. I'll hey, no, go. Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. Hey, Coach Chan, Dr. Dr. Chan. So I love like systems and sustainability in people's lives. So how do you just sustain your success? And then what are the systems that you put in place in your life on a daily basis, weekly basis? And then how do you measure that? Uh, I'm never satisfied. Uh, yeah. And so... You know, if, if there's, that's why, like I said, I named my, my company Blank Minds because I always knew that, that it was about goals. You know, you got to set not just a goal in your life. It has to be multiple goals. Um, I can get bored easy. I think I have a little bit of ADHD. Um, so I always got to be moving. Um, and so it's just about me constantly, you know, I want to set a goal and then I measure that by, did I set it? Um, did I make people smile while I was doing it? Uh, did I work my hardest? Uh, you know, going over whether I could have done it better. Uh, and then after that, I ask those questions, then it is over. Then I don't think about that goal anymore. Now it's on to the next one. Um, and I don't, you know, 
I try to get goals that are crazy. You know, I set goals when I was 10 years old. Um, there were three goals that I wanted in my whole life. I wanted to um, graduate from college with a full basketball scholarship. I wanted to play professional basketball and I wanted to win an Oscar. Uh, and so, you know, I wrote my Oscar speech when I was, when I was 10 and it's still in a safety deposit box in York, Pennsylvania. Uh, and so, you know, it's it always, I'm, I'm striving for, for big goals and, and reaching for, for smaller goals, but, but I'm always moving. Uh, and so, you know, I, I tell people, even if you're on the right track, if you ain't moving, the train's still going to run you over. So I always love to, to, to work and to move. And, um, and so that's what I've, that's what I've done. Do we have anybody else? Uh, yes, actually, uh, let me jump in. I guess my finger's slow today. I kept trying to get in and I couldn't get in. Thank you, uh, Dr. Chan. Uh, I, yeah, I watched your, uh, uh, online and I was like whoa um, and and I know that um, there's a lot about you just not even knowing you that or, or even hearing you but seeing you that that I see that relates to young people um, but other than your shoe game uh, what do you think is they find you know most attractive uh, a quality in you and also um, what was the summation of your uh, dissertation? Because the the title of it was just to blew my mind. So, uh, you know, I, I like I said earlier, I, I think that kids kids know when you're authentic, and 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 kids know, you know, they call it when you when you're being 100. And I and I think, you know, I just keep it real. I, I keep I keep it real all the time. Um, you know, I try to walk in my, in my truth and they also know, you know, I don't play no games. And, and, you know, I think kids can appreciate that right now. Um, and not a lot of kids have, have, um, a whole lot of structure, unfortunately. And I think even if you, if you present them with that, even if it's in a funny way, uh, they see it, they understand that. I think they can respect that. I would, I think it might be, they like my hair. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, Whatever it is, I'm gonna keep being me, and and if they like it, they do. If they don't, you know, I just hope they learn something. Um, you know, basically, it was, you know, professional athletes, professional. By um, democratic leaders, they want to have an opinion. Uh, they want to be able to say no. They want to be able to agree or disagree. Um, and I th it's a whole back and forth thing. And I think that's the whole thing about leadership. Um, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a back and forth thing. But if you look at, you know, the Bible wasn't, I'm going to, I'm just going to throw you everything. Here's everything. It's, it's going one way. It was two-way conversation. It was, it was two-way connection and communication. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think genuinely leaders who communicate and listen well, um, tend to be the most successful. Mm -hmm. And um, do you find that that's the same way, the same for both men and women? Or more for women? You know, obviously, you know, women are, we, we are more emotional creatures than men, uh, at least on the outside, you know. Uh, but, but I also think that, 
that men don't want to be screamed at all the time. You know, you want to be pushed. And, and there are a lot of, of men growing up, obviously, without fathers. Um, and so they ultimately want to know that somebody cares about them, too. Um, and so they want to know, you know, no one wants to be muted their whole life. And so as a leader, if, if you give your team or your students the opportunity to have a voice, even if they don't use it, even if, if they just want to listen, knowing that they can use it if they need it, I think will make them a better student and a better, and a better player anyways. Uh, one, one last question. Um, do you feel it's your responsibility to bring that spirit, God, into the lives of the, uh, the youngsters that you coach? Uh, or, and, and if so, what is your approach to that? How do you introduce that to them? I don't, I don't push my spirituality and faith on anyone. Um, that's just who I am. Instead, you know, I try to live it um, and, try, and try to be a living example of one, you know, what someone who walks in her faith, what it looks like, because some, some of these kids haven't seen it before. Um, and, you know, we're in America, you know, we, we want proof. We, we, we want proof all the time anyways. And so, you know, don't, don't tell me, I'm, I'm of the thing, you know, don't just tell me what the Bible says, you know, live it uh, so I can see it. Um, and so they're, they're most likely to emulate your, your actions and not your words. And so I just try to walk in my truth and with, with honesty and integrity. And, and, uh, and I've found for me that that works more than, than me pushing, pushing things on them. Thank you. I totally agree. There was a, a coach. I don't see him a hundred day coach Huff. Uh, where's he on here? I'm not sure, but he, he, he often says the same thing. And when he came on a few weeks ago, and that's what he said, he says, so quickly we can, uh, you know, quote the, the verses in the Bible and that's all fine and well and good, but are you living and walking those scriptures in the Bible? And that's what kids, uh, students, athletes, and people, that's how all of us respond. No one wants to, like you said, I love how you said, uh, no one wants to be muted their whole lives. They want a voice. Now, how they choose to voice what they have to say, it may be expression. I have an athlete, um, she's graduate now, but art was her expression. And she got so good at it over um, the four years. Actually, this is one of the gifts that she made and did for me with senior night. And there's plenty of them. She drew pictures. I have art around my, ha- my house and my office. And all of it tells a story. Some of which I says, why can't she just talk to me? And over the years, I realized, she said, coach, I was talking to you. So sometimes I think as leaders, servant leaders and coaches and educators, we just have to listen and we have to understand them. And you realize they're telling you more than you know. Right. We're just not listening. So I, that, I think that was pretty profound. Um, Bria had a question. She's, she, I got you. She's at work. So she didn't want to whisper. She said, what advice would you give someone who aspires to be a part of the basketball business? basketball business that's a broad that's a broad business uh kick down your doors you know uh no one's going to hear you if you're just screaming for an opportunity behind a closed door you got to go and try and kick it down yourself um don't be afraid to talk to people don't be afraid to make new connections um and just be a good person you know uh that's what I would do. And don't let anybody tell you no. 
I don't let anybody tell me no. So. And do we have anybody else? I think we got time for one more question. Okay. I have one, but I'll let someone else go. My one thing, I, I'm going to try to keep it kind of quick so you can get into, it's kind of a combination between uh, Tiffany and Bria's question, and it might have been yours too, Chris. I guess trying to find that that middle ground with everybody. Quick story, it happened actually a couple of days ago. I just got back from a tournament. I only had nine kids to begin with, and two of them got hurt. Uh, one kind of bounced back. The other one, she couldn't play. And, I mean, she's not one of my big talkers on the team. She's got some talent, but she's one of the younger ones. And it's like kind of find that – trying to find that um, – that common ground or whatever to, to see what makes her tick and see what'll make her open up. And when I said, hey, you're not gonna be able to play the next game, just bust out in tears. And like, I felt that, cause I know as a player, you gotta put four bullets in my head and break both of my knees for me not to get on the floor. And so I was like, okay, it was like, don't cry. But then again, you know what, cry, get it out. Cause at least I know it means something to you. But we'll make sure we do what we can to get you back right so you're not just constantly hurting yourself. And now I look up on the bench and now she's talking and she's she's seeing some of the stuff. She tugged on my shirt like, I see, I see what you're talking about now, Coach, because I wasn't running as hard as you wanted me to. And I was like, okay, maybe we're getting somewhere. And I guess just what are you – different tactics that you use because I'm always looking for ways to try to – you know, link in with people because it takes different things with different people. Some people need to be yelled at. And they're like, all right, that's what I needed. Let's go. Some people you got to pull to the side and just, come on, it's going to be okay. But right. thought on that. What I know, you know, coaching my team, uh, I'm an equal opportunity screamer. So uh, everybody's getting screamed at. But um, True. at one True. point or another. Uh, but, you know, also what I tell you know, it's important for me to, to – connect with my kids at all times. And I think a lot of it has to do with the parents. Um, and so the first day of practice, you know, I brought all the kids in and the parents. And I said, look, you know, I'm not trying to parent any of your children. Uh, and, but I ask, you know, in return that you just, when they step in between these lines, you give them to me because during the game, if she starts looking at you in the stands more than she's looking at me, then she's going to join you in the stands. And so, um, you know, and so, you know, I kind of make that clear from the beginning, but, but I, you know, I push, I, you know, I push all the kids, obviously, yeah, there's some of them you can't push as hard as others um, or in the same way. But like I said, I, what, what's helped me with them is at the end of the day, they know that I, I love them. They know that I would do anything for them, um, but I'm jumping in your tail. And, and, it, it, in my case, it's been good that I can say, like, I've literally been in your shoes. And I, I literally have been where you want to go. Uh, yeah. And so you can take my advice or, or not, but but this is the system that we're going to run. And if you don't want to be in the system, there, there's hundreds of other AAU teams in the country, and you're welcome to play on any of them. Uh, but, yeah, and, I, I you know, I don't have any problems from my, from my coach – I mean, from my from – my, uh, from my parents, haven't had any problems. Uh, I just, you know, I, I figured the more honest and I lay down the law from day one and if you don't like it, you can go. 
Then, yeah. I I think the best feeling is I'm sitting there. We went to go get something to eat. Two or three of my old players uh, who are in college now. Like I invited a lot of them to come back and practice and, and work with the current players because it's like, a you need to come on and give back, and b you probably haven't been working out with everything going on, so it's kind of a way to connect with the with the kids behind you and, and give back. And some of them stopping and practice like, yo, you didn't come off the screen right. You got to do this and do that. And I'm going, okay, we're getting somewhere. Right. Two of my old players called me FaceTime. He's like, coach, why you didn't tell me we were running? Like, where we at? How y'all doing up there, though? And I'm like, you snapping on somebody, ain't you? I'm like, <laughs> okay, coach, we still love you. I'm like, okay, that's all I need to know, man. That's what's right. up. <laughs> right. No. All right, Coach Chelsea said I can get my last question in. Thank you, okay. Coach. You don't seem like someone that lives with regrets at all, but I will ask this. Is there anything that you would go back and do differently in your college years or in your 20s? And what would you tell your 21-year-old self? Oof. Well, definitely um... – I would tell my 16-year-old self, you know, I went to college when I was 16. I was young and, and uh, you know, when I said earlier, you know, don't listen to the good or the bad, listen to the right. There was a time when I didn't. I wanted to always listen to the good. And so when the bad came around, I didn't know how to handle it. So, my, you know, going into my freshman year, you know, I was cocky. You know, there was a time I was, I was cocky because the number two team in the country wanted me on their team. And the coach had said publicly, you know, Trimitier is going to be my first freshman starter. You know, I'm going to be starting in the SEC. And 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 it got to my head a little bit. And and, um, and so I came in my first year with a little bit of an attitude. Um, and uh, it took that attitude being checked. Um, and, and Coach Champion almost kicked me off the team the first year. Not because I was a bad kid. Um, it's just, you know, I wanted it my way and, and it wasn't going to be my way. It was going to be his way. Uh, he was a lot more successful at what he was doing than I was. And so, you know, I probably, you know, now I would, I would have told her to come in with a little bit more, uh, come in a little bit more humble, uh, and, uh, and be a part of, of, you know, the program because I, you know, ultimately, you know, the, the final four, my, or the national championship, my freshman year, we were playing Louisiana Tech and we were winning by 14 and um and Ruthie Bolton who was the, the starting point guard in the second half she got really really tired uh and Louisiana Tech came back on a run and and Teresa Witherspoon and company came back on a run and and coach didn't have enough confidence to put his 16 year old freshman in the game just for two minutes to and w- would have helped Ruthie tremendously and we ended up losing that game by two and so you know I always think that I always take on, you know, I think we lost that game because because of me, because I couldn't get it, because I didn't get in the game. Uh, and so, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, I would do things differently, um, but I don't regret anything. Uh, like I said, we only get one chance at this life thing, and, and, and I understand I'm going to make mistakes. Uh, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to do it over again. Give me my one chance. I'm going to try and make the best of it, and then and I'll be ready to go holler at my God for, for eternity. Awesome questions and awesome answers. You had a message from a coach that had to log off and go to another meeting. He just basically said, Dr. Shan, I want I appreciate you for your time and willing to share. He prays that God continues to bless you and whatever endeavors that you choose to put your energy towards. So I wanted to say that. 
And then um, this is truly the last one, so we'll be able to let you go, Auntie. Um, but this this young coach, he's around my area because I because I see it, um, and I think it's something that all coaches and leaders experience. Um, he said, "What advice do you suggest when you feel like the chair is always being pulled from under you at the table of success?" You know. I- I would, uh, I'm the type of person that, that I'm gonna go to the store and get some wood and make my own table. Uh, and, and then I'm going to bring people to that table with me. Um, you know, I don't have time for people's foolishness. Uh, people are going to, like I said earlier, you know, people are going to have their opinions anyways. Um, there are going to be some people, even your friends, you know, they're going to be like that, the lobster tank at, at Red Lobster where they don't want, they don't want, their homeboys getting out of the tank. And so they're going to claw at them and try and pull them back down. And, and, and so, you know, I'm not about that. And so, you know, just because your or my definition of success doesn't match your definition, doesn't mean we both can't succeed. And so if you want to keep pulling my chair, I'm going to go, I'm going to go buy a new table uh, or I'm going to go buy the, the equipment and uh, I already have the skills to make my own table. And then here's what success looks like. And then eventually, you might ask to come to my table. I think that's so huge. And Coach Kendra said the same thing, amazing response. Um, you know, I tell my my students all the time, I say, it's so funny. I'm glad you mentioned the lobster. You talk about the lobster and the crabs. I said, they're so busy trying to bring the other ones down. They don't realize how hot that pot is they're about to go in. Right. And I tell all of that because I said you get so caught up in what you think is for you, what God has for you, it's for you. It's not for anybody else. He didn't give your blessing away to somebody else. It wasn't for you if you didn't receive it. So I thank you so much just for that response and all of your responses. I thank you for what you do, especially in such a time as this. I'm super excited to hear uh, what's coming in September because um, one thing I learned about kids is when they're excited and want to tell it, much like a gift, I surprise people, but I hate surprises because they're so good. And I'm like, oh, I want to tell them. So I know I'm waiting on September 2, um, and I'm, I'm just thankful, you know, Auntie, to call you Auntie, and you give us all that, you know, ability and that gift to do that. If we can ever do anything for you, you know, you're now connected in the family. Uh, I appreciate you for your time. And if there's any closing line that you want to say, because I'm going to tell you in the chat earlier, Coach Simmons, uh, the coach at, head coach at FAMU here, he had to go put out some fires. And uh, a couple of people, they say you can't leave today without giving us your closing line. I, I, you know, your trademark after the right. shot. I'm not going to say it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, weird not, it's weird saying it without shooting a shot, but uh... – you know, I just want to, you know, I appreciate y'all having me on and, and I appreciate y'all taking the time to connect with each other and, and, and willing to learn and willing to communicate. It's always good to see young people and, and you know, everyone um, wanting to be better in their lives. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, you know, we do it one time, go kill it. And uh, caca! <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Auntie. You you don't know how many days you just made with that one. So thank you so much. You know, I'm 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 super in your corner. Always been a fan, but thankful to call you family. So guys, if you just bow your heads, we're gonna say a quick prayer before we get out of here. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for this day and every day that we can come connect and share 
Thank you, Lord God, a personal thank you for Auntie. We ask that you just continue to strengthen and bless her as she continues to do your servant work, Lord God. Touch every coach, every educator, every leader uh, that is under the sound of this voice, Lord God, and under the sovereign of your reign. We ask, Lord God, that you just continue to strengthen us. Help us within these times of, of the pandemic and social injustices to keep our minds fixed upon you. Help our faith to grow in this time, Lord God, and ask increase. I pray for increase and everything that you would have for us, Lord God, that we see it, that we use it, utilize it, but do it for your glory. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Auntie. No problem. Date you. Everybody, y'all have a good weekend, and we'll see y'all next week. All righty. Bye-bye.